Hello, I have the lovely Fiona with me. Hiya, Fiona. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, um, my name is Fiona Erskine. I'm an engineer by day and a writer by night. I'm just about my fourth book in the Jack Silver series. The Chemical Code is just about to come out on the 29th of June. Um, and I live in the north of England, in uh, just near Stockton on Tees. Um, did you always know that you wanted to write? No, on the contrary. I, I had a slightly terrifying great aunt who put the fear of... Uh, uh, I, I, this book is actually dedicated to my really nice aunt, um, who was also a writer, um, and um, she was kind and dear and sweet. But when I was 17, I had lunch with a terrifying great aunt who called me an illiterate alcoholic. And so I think that kind of put me off any idea that I might write for some time. She was probably <laughs> right, actually, but... Um, uh, yeah, a harsh judgment just because I like Georgette Hare and Barbara Cartland. Um, so, um, no, I I always wanted to be an engineer. That's what I did know. Um, I enjoyed science at school and languages. And um, I went to study engineering at university and have worked in the in, in industry ever since. So, no, the idea of writing actually only came when I uh, hurt my leg skiing. And I had some paid time off work and a bit like we were discussing earlier, a really unpleasant boss. Um, and so I found writing extremely therapeutic when I was recovering from my my operation. Um, what sort of made you think I'm actually going to write now? Um, you know, I'm, instead of having the idea that I'm going to sit down and I'm actually going to do it. Well, I, I I I suffer from boundless enthusiasm, which is out of all proportion to my talent. So I didn't really think about it other than I just had a story I wanted to tell. I'd been doing a lot of work in India. Um, in, in my job, I'd been doing some some projects in India and I'd spent quite a lot of time in India and I was really, I absolutely loved the country and I was completely fascinated by how things could be done so differently and yet still work and it, it you know it kind of humbles you a little bit because you you've kind of got used to doing things a certain way and then you see that people can muddle along in a completely different way and still apparently be quite happy and successful um so i had lots of lots of sort of inspiration for things um, i think somebody once said and i can't remember who it, it was now it's not that you write what you know but you write what you want to find out so i think that's what i was writing i was kind of exploring um, I found it much easier to do through stories, um, exploring the different way that people behave and and just trying to figure that all out. But but the first book was basically a revenge um, novel. I, I'm afraid it's in a drawer. It's 150,000 words of venom. It's in a drawer. It will never, ever see the light of day. But it was a very good, um, I think it's just like, you know, exercise. You just need to do some some mus muscle building and the writing before you can, uh, you know, before you can, uh, at least in my case, I know there are people who just write brilliantly from the word go, but in my case, it took quite a long time and a very good best friend who told me that what I wrote was utter shite um, and that I probably ought to go and learn how, sorry, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a good Scottish word. Um, um, and that I really ought to go and do some courses on how to write. Uh, which is what I did. And so I did lots of online courses and started reading differently, started reading as a writer 
um, which kind of spoils things sometimes. So I'm not that keen on that. I still like to get lost in a book. Um, But but sometimes actually reading bad books is really good. If you read Dan Brown, um, you know, sorry, Dan Brown, I know you're very successful, so you won't mind me being rude. Mm. But books which are really badly written are great because then you can spot things that you do too. Um, And it's much easier. Books which are really well written are almost, it's almost impossible to see how they did it. Um, You know, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't see the, you can't see the joins and you can't see the working out. Um, So yeah, it was just, I mean, you know, it took me 10 years to get my first book published. So nearly 10 years, seven years to get my first book published. So there was quite a lot of um, torn up pages in between. Yeah, I can imagine, and frustration, and God knows what else, yeah. But I was lucky enough to find Juliet Mushins just when she moved to her own agency, and I think she took a bit of a risk with me. Um, She's lovely, and she's very hands-on. She's very editorially um, active. And then my first publisher was One World, and then I had one standalone book published with Sandstone Press, who were lovely too. And um, you've written a series, so when did you... um decide that you were going to write a series again I don't think decision comes into it much in in writing <laughs> it's kind of you know you you, you you start putting the words on the page and, and sometimes they just run away with themselves um, so Jack Silver who is my main my, the protagonist in my um in my series she is an engineer like me but the similarities kind of stop there um she's tall and uh very very uh athletic she's extremely good at skiing which i'm not um and she has quite a racy relationship with with young men i've been married for 33 years we worked it out the other day um to the same person um so she does all the things which i don't do um and that's quite that's quite fun um and i didn't intend to write a series but as i was writing the first book uh, there were all sorts of bits which were left unfinished and ideas that I had that I wanted to continue. So I left a few hooks in that I could pick, pick up later. Um, and in fact, the first publishing deal I got was a two book deal. And then I got a second two book deal. So I don't find any difficulty. I really enjoy her company. She's in my head. Um, and so, yeah, and, and each book kind of has a takes a uh takes a little bit of its theme from a, a, an element in the periodic table and as you will know there are 118 elements in the periodic table so I'm four in there's only 114 to go <laughs> wow that's uh if you'd done that that would be epic <laughs> <laughs> I might have to cheat and put two in <laughs> yeah or 10 <laughs> yeah, yeah get through them yeah there's some really odd ones as well aren't there so yeah 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 those those will be the challenge yeah quite um I'd done a science degree as well but mine was forensic science okay so, oh interesting yeah yeah um a lot of chemistry which I didn't realize yeah. before I'd done it but there we are <laughs> it is it's kind of chemistry disguised isn't it and my 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 nephew was studying brewing and it turned out to be chemical engineering <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh it was challenging um but there we are. I've done it now, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a ticket, isn't it? In the end, I mean, some of it is some of it is 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 interesting. I go back, but I think I probably got as much from my chemistry teacher at school as I ever got from my um, uh, university chemistry. But hey, yeah. <laughs> um, 
did your characters come to you first or did the uh, story idea come first? Mm, that's that's a good question. So Jack certainly came fully formed. She kind of skied into my life um, and, and wouldn't go away. Um, Frank, who Frank Good, who is neither, um, is based on all the bad bosses I've ever had. He's a kind of portmanteau character and he's not very nice. Um, so they 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 kind of came first and then most of the other characters just sort of join in along the way. Um, I, I I love loved James Bond films and you know I watched them I was watching from Russia with love again at the weekend with my um, father-in-law in 1963 and it's just hair um splittingly oh is that a word I don't know anyway it is just screamingly sexist I mean to the point where you you think how did I ever watch this and enjoy it um but anyway I had decided that Jack Silver is a bit of a female James Bond except without the racism sexism and misanthropy um but and I was quite important in the same way that James Bond has lots of disposable beautiful women I wanted Jack to have plenty of beautiful disposable men so there are silver boys and and these are lovely young men who you know she has consensual and happy relationships with but they generally get killed so you know she can move on to another one um (laughs) so um I, but but I I have to be careful because if it's not you know it's meant to be serious so you've got to be got to be a little bit careful it doesn't get too um, cartoonish but I had quite a lot of fun with them so I think in answer to your question I knew in the first book I wanted to write about Chernobyl um, uh, a, a place I visited and in the second book I knew I wanted to go to the Banqiao Dam in China which again is a place that I visited. Um, and I knew I had Jack and Frank as characters, but I didn't really know much else. So um, the rest of it kind of came as I wrote. Uh, we, my mum and I have just watched um, Chernobyl, the TV series. Oh, isn't it on. brilliant? The HBO one. Yeah, yeah my goodness. You, you know, lots of people raved about it. And I watched the first episode and I thought, mm, I'm not really feeling it, but it just gets better and better and better and better. I, I thought it was fantastic. And the science, well, I mean, you'll have spotted this, the science is very accurate. And and I love you know the clapperboard thing they do when they're explaining the um uh, the runaway reaction. Yes, it's so simple and so clever. You know you don't need a degree in nuclear physics, you just need someone to give that visual demonstration. Yeah. And um yeah, no fantastic series. Yeah, it really was. I was quite shocked by um how much they tried to cover up. And you know you've got the image of the playground that's abandoned and stuff. And actually, yeah. it took what two days them to eventually accept that there was a problem and to evacuate people I was I think that shocked me most of all well I don't know if you've ever been involved in a major uh, you know in a major incident I mean you know I know you have a public facing job but in my experience um in in a in a factory that people they people so desperately don't want things to go wrong that they can convince themselves from an extraordinarily long time that actually it's fine and it will be fine and um you know don't panic but and and also your head goes empty as well you know um i remember once just not being able to remember my home phone number you know literally out of my head um so yeah yeah i i, I you're right and i think there was a big cover up but i think in the first hours i think people were just in denial i just think they could not believe and that lovely thing in the in the um that they bring out really well in the series about their they had a meter which only went up to 11 
So everything they reported was 11. Actually, it was a thousand times higher than 11, but their meter didn't go there. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing what people can convince themselves of. It is an, a mass of, you know, then people standing on the bridge watching and, you yeah. know, not realising. And then you suddenly start seeing the ash falling on them and you're like, oh, dear. And yeah, but they good. just wouldn't have known. And, yeah, it was it was very well done, actually. Yeah, it was so interesting. But, yeah, that's cool. Um, Which of your characters have you had the most fun writing and which has given you the most trouble? Well, Frank is the most fun to write because it's just, you know, it's just one blow after another. Um, and and also, you know, um, I, I got into I got into terrible trouble the other day because I was really rude about Durham Cathedral, and I love Durham Cathedral. I wasn't being rude about Durham Cathedral, but Frank is a really obnoxious person, and you know, he he won't find beauty in anything. So you know, he he called it a squat, ugly toad of a of a building, <laughs> not me. <laughs> But I, I, I worked with some Americans in Teesside and, um, uh, you know, there are lots of nice Americans. These were not nice Americans. These were people who thought they'd coming over to London and that, they, you know, they were going to they were going to live, you know, they were going to live in Buckingham Palace. And they found themselves working um, in a factory in Teesside and they'd been told to kind of sort it out. And they were so relentlessly unpleasant and would not stalk, stop talking about what was wrong. You know, the weather, the roads, the houses, the shops, the food, you know, you name it, everything was wrong. And it, it's really wearing. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had I had a bit of fun making sure that Frank suffers for his um, unpleasantness. Um, <laughs> so, yes, he is he is he is quite fun to write. And, but he has to have some redeeming qualities, I think. Um, otherwise, it would just, you know, I think in the first book, he's probably... I'm, I'm, he's probably too extreme, but he's softened a bit in the later books, but he's become a bit nastier as well. Um, so if you were able to take out one for a meal, who would you choose? And what? Would oh, I'd definitely take Jack out. I think she, I think she's fascinating. I, I, I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would love to get some of the, um, you know, some of, some of the bits of the story that we haven't quite, um, we haven't quite fleshed out yet. Yeah. I think she'd be brilliant fun. <laughs> But I won't go skiing with her. That's yeah. <laughs> um, how do you choose your character names? Ah, um, so sometimes, like with Frank Good, it was a it was kind of deliberate, um, uh, because as I said, he's neither Frank nor Good. Um, with Jack, I wanted because she's got a PhD, so she's Doctor Silver. I wanted her to have a name that could be confused. You know, could be someone could think was male or female um with the other characters i will tend to if they're a handsome boy i will tend to pick one of the pros from strictly come dancing and um kind of sometimes at the end i have to change their name sometimes my editor will point out that all my boys begin with a j um, <laughs> and uh, or a g and so um sometimes i'll just have to do a search and replace but what i never do is so like you, I work full time. Um, and when I'm writing, it's my pleasure. It's my joy. So I never get bogged down. I never let anything stop me. So if necessary, I'll put an asterisk or a letter or a symbol in place. But if a name doesn't immediately come into my mind, I won't waste time kind of going researching names for, you know, Brazilian men, uh, you know, in the north of the north Amazonia, I will just simply put in, you know, Giovanni or um, Anton, 
and that's his name until until I get to the <laughs> end and then I might go back and I might go back and um change it but yeah gen generally it's just um whatever whatever I do it's avoiding interrupting the flow when it's going well now did you find that when you're writing Donna yeah and a couple Temp of my characters have changed names about six times because yeah. it just wasn't yeah. right it yeah. just didn't work yeah. and yeah. The, a couple I knew straight away the, the main characters I knew that was fine but yeah some yeah. of the other ones were a nightmare I just didn't know it so yeah I just called them whatever and yeah. and then go back through and change them so they were all the same all the way through as a nightmare <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you have it, to be you have to be careful when you do a search replace though because if you have I know if you have a name like Lev and you do it you some suddenly all the, everything that has LEV somewhere in the word has been changed to so I've got better at those um those dangerous things <laughs> yeah because otherwise that could cause all sorts it cause of chaos yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh and the strictly pros are very pretty aren't they they're, they're very pretty <laughs> yes they're very pretty and very talented so and yes. some of them are very sweet as well so yeah yeah oh yeah and I, I, but i i mean it's i mean it's it's one of the, i it's one show i really adore because i think it's quite i mean it's quite kind actually <laughs> you know it's uh, there's the, the relationship that has to be built up between someone who can't dance and someone who can i mean it's extraordinary yeah, yeah, I'm surprised by how emotional I get watching it sometimes because yeah, it, yeah. it's it's just dancing, but it isn't, you know. And when Rose, the deaf the girl, oh, was yeah, on that it, was so beautiful. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. yeah. So yeah, I love and and then obviously all the glitter and sequins. Yeah. And... I'm not so keen on the judging. I can't, you know, I, I can easily skip skip past that, but I do love the dancing. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, when someone does it well, you know, and they're they've never done it before it's like it's so satisfying I love it yeah. as well yeah, yeah. massive yeah. strictly fast. I think Jack I think Jack would be very good on it actually I think she would um she would take to it very quickly we'll just have to make her famous first yeah well you know semi-famous and always that famous are <laughs> no, they exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway <laughs> um when you come to um edit your book what are the words and phrases you most overuse oh so Every every sentence starts with so. Um, oh, there's a whole lot of them. That's 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 a tricky question. I, I I can't even I can't even come up with a list. I overuse adjectives and adverbs. I'm definitely you know far too flowery. I use twelve words when one will do. Um, but fragments of sentences. I got told off a lot for that. I mean, I think when you're in an action scene, it's kind of all right because you're breathless. But in in most of your writing, it's probably a good idea to observe the basic rules of grammar and you know unless you're a genius um but you know I'm definitely not in that camp um what else um oh um people are always leaning forward or leaning back um they start sipping a cup of tea and they end up sipping a cup of coffee um <laughs> you know those kind of things um I'm, I'm very lucky with one world because I have a very good uh proofreader um it was a jenny lady lady called jenny page for the first two books and um francine brody for the for the last two and they're very good at picking up those kind of things um but uh, the sort of the first edit is usually tightening so i will i will write you know a good 50 percent more than is needed and so most of editing is just seeing what i can take out i'm i'm i've got verbal diarrhea rather than constipation so 
but you know that's not necessarily a bad thing but then it does make editing long doesn't it so yeah it does it does but it's quite easy to slash things out I'm not I'm not very um I'm not very precious about um you know you've you will have labored all day over you know your first paragraph and it ends up going in the bin and sometimes at the, at the beginning that made me quite sad but um, um I've got I you know I can recycle stuff I know I know there'll be a future opportunity to use some of those great words <laughs> Uh, do colleagues know that you're an author? I kept it very quiet at first because I was kind of worried that people would think that, you know, I wasn't serious about my job. Um, as time has gone on, I've got I've got more relaxed about it. So I don't make a big thing about it. I, you know, it's not. And, and I've got a different name. So my professional name is Fiona McLeod and um, uh, my husband's an Erskine, but I didn't change my name when I got married. So I waited until I could cause maximum embarrassment to him and my children. <laughs> Um, so no, I I do tend to keep the two worlds separate. Although of late, I've kind of you know I've got some good friends from work, so I would invite them to a launch or um, you know answer their questions. But I certainly would never shout about it at work. Um, what about you? Um, I've I've not really mentioned it a lot. That some mm. people know, you know, I've said it from the beginning, but I haven't really mentioned. No, I have I've kept it quite quiet. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's for lots of reasons. I mean, partly because people who don't do it probably don't understand just how um, up and down it is, just how unstraightforward it is, just how, you know, and and, and people will kind of say, well, you know, when's the TV series coming out or, um, you know, or, or, you know, know, uh, does it make you really rich? Well, no. So yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's nicer if people find out um it you know in a good way because they enjoy your books rather than feeling like they, they sort of um your um but I mean you know pe- people are generally quite interested but also I think quite naive about what it takes. Yeah, oh absolutely, yeah. They have no clue generally. Yeah. And and if you look at if you look at the hourly rate, I mean no nobody would do it unless they loved doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I said to a couple of people, "Oh, I finished writing it. Oh, when's it coming out?" Then it's like, well, there's going to be you know, it's going to be a while. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you beat my seven years, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> okay. Actually, I do it the other way around. If you beat my seven years, you buy me a drink. Okay. Yeah, that's the deal. <laughs> I started during NaNoWriMo um, of November, where are we, 23, I think 21. 21. Yeah. So Okay, so I've got a date in the diary for 28, okay? Okay. <laughs> no pressure. It's fine. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, have, has anyone asked to be character names or anything as well when they found out? The, the very first time... Um, um, I did name a character after somebody um, who um, was was at Bay Tales, um, and they um, they had an auction for I think it was for the Royal Navy uh, for the Lifeboat Association, and so we were invited to donate things. So I donated a, a putting an author in the book. So a lovely lady called Jean Parker is a in, in she was a she is a teacher. Well, she's a retired teacher and librarian, and in my book she's a professor of toxicology. Oh, wow. I'm just about to post the book off to her, actually. Um, I just exchanged an email with her this morning just saying that its first books have arrived. Do you want, would you want a copy? 
Oh, that's awesome. So generally not. No, generally, 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 if I name people in my books, they're terrified I'm going to kill them. So, um, yeah, most people I find would want to be evil in a book. So <laughs> much more fun. I agree. Yeah. Although I've been, I've, I've been a character in quite a few books now, but the, the very first one, I was um, a sex mad politician that took some, <laughs> took some young boys into a hotel room. <laughs> which is like okay and I've made a reappearance in another book now I think and then the next one randomly I was um a single mum that had to sell myself for sex so I could pay the bills (laughs) well what (laughs) where's this come from (laughs) very (laughs) and uh, I'm also a character in um sex zombies of the UK or something so I'm really starting to wonder what <laughs> the hell, actually. But I am a policewoman or something in another book, so it's not okay. completely. But well, you're busy. You've got a good range of um, uh, occupations there. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them I'm a little bit concerned about, but you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially the politician. But I know, that is that is really the lowest of the low at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Quite. <laughs> um, yeah. That was the first one. I was like, oh, okay. I, I think the author said, do you mind? I'm like, no, go ahead. And I did laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really laughed. I was like, okay, yeah, fine. No problem. Um, do you hide any Easter eggs or jokes or anything in your books? Yeah, I leave, I leave, I, I like to kind of um, do a little bit of number teasing. So, um uh, if I've if I've chosen an element, I will tend to use the atomic number and the mass number and the um, electron kind of shells. You know, I'll, I'll I'll sort of hide them in there somewhere. See if anyone notices. Um, I generally leave a few hooks for future books, um, even if I haven't really thought them through. Um, just things that I can pick up later. Um, and I mean, I, I like to try and put a puzzle in most books. So I'm just reading The Twyford Code by uh, Janice Hallett at the moment and enjoying that. Um, but I do like to leave, you know, little bits of um, code and clues and uh, puzzles as well. So I don't know if they're Easter eggs exactly, but um, yeah. Uh... Mm, yeah, that's cool. I bet I'd spot them. You probably numbers. would. Yeah, you would. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember torturing over those <laughs> when I done mine. Yeah. Um what's been your favorite moment so far since you started writing? Oh, golly, there've been lots of moments. I I think that the one of them sort of in terms of sort of straightforward um recognition because I've always thought of myself an engineer who writes, but I got invited to the Edinburgh Festival last year to talk about Phosphate Rocks, the Edinburgh International Book Festival. And because I grew up in Edinburgh and the story is set in Edinburgh and the main character is a man I used to work with in a fertiliser factory called John Gibson. This is uh, this book is Phosphate Rocks. Um, actually appearing at the International Festival um you know, in the city where I worked as an engineer, that was that was really fantastic. I must admit, I was chuffed to bits about that. Um, so that that was the kind of conventional highlight so far. And I was I was with Helen Sedgwick and Alex Gray, um, and it was a night. You know, it was a really nice lineup and a nice event. 
Um, but I suppose um, probably more importantly has been when people have written to me, people who worked at that factory and said how much they enjoyed the book. That That's probably the best the best thing you can get or, or not just enjoyed it but had made them think about something differently or you know had realized something or um so that's really lovely when you know that your words have touched somebody else I think that's probably the best the best part of it all um I love going to the festivals I mean I, I you know I've met some fabulous people there it's such a lovely friendly welcoming community um so that 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 was completely new to me. I didn't realize just how sociable it was. You know, I always think of writing as very solitary, but actually, I mean, the crime festivals are brilliant fun. Um, and you get out of them what you put in. I mean, I, I think if you're, it's easier if you're an extrovert to kind of just go up and talk to people. I think, you know, I think for some people who are shyer than I am, you know, it, it, it might not be so easy, but I think generally people look out for for quiet the quiet people as well and 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 look to include them in things so yeah so that's a bit yeah. of a ramble sorry you'll never get a straight answer from me that's a bit of a ramble oh no um, that's fine I always say the more you talk the easier it is for me so yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well you've got no problem then <laughs> no um while we're on the topic of festivals where will we see you over the summer well it's it, it you know it's it's sod's law I've been working full-time until April and now that I'm between jobs everything's dried up there's not a thing in sight <laughs> so um i will be definitely popping into harrogate on the saturday um i think that's the is that the 20th of july something like that yeah it could be. <laughs> but just for the day not appearing just 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 popping in to see people um and the, that's it at the moment oh um crossing the t's on the 10th of june which should be good fun and so we're doing a northern crime syndicate um, which um, you know from Brighton um, and we'll be doing a Whose Crime Is It Anyway there so it'd be nice to see the gang again and then I've got a launch party on the 21st of June in Stockton and then I'm doing a Hull in the Library uh, event on the 28th I think it is 29th Wednesday the 29th so no 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 festival appearances planned this year so far but fingers crossed yeah, there's still time. Yeah. yeah, and Newcastle yeah. Noir as well. So never... yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just see what comes up. But I'm available. Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Oh, um, I think probably Primo Levi, who wrote the periodic table and also some incredibly moving books about um his time in Auschwitz. Uh, so I think he is my kind of touchstone of of, of brilliance, um, and he was a chemist. So I think we'd have a lot in common uh, to talk about. Um, he writes so beautifully. Um, who else? Oh my golly, I'm I'm such a fan girl, but I, I I've got, I've got a small brain, so whatever I'm reading at the moment is the thing that's um that's most in my mind. I'm listening to James Oswald's and I. Oswald and I can't believe it took me so long I think it's partly he's such a nice chap that I've been slightly frightened of reading his books in case I didn't like them but I love them so um I I'd quite like to spend a day with with James on his farm um investigating his sheep and cows although I think he's only got cows now he's given up the sheep 
Um, yeah, I think those those are kind of those those are the two that immediately come to mind. But there's probably a million others. Um, I, I'm a little bit in awe of writers, if I'm honest. I mean, that and and um, and also I think because writers have such a fantastic command of the written word. They're not always the people that you'd want to spend time with because <laughs> they're so thoughtful. Mm. And um, so I think I think there are there are kind of people who are um no, I I well, you take people like Abba Mukherjee, who's, you know, a delightful person, great fun, and also a brilliant writer. So yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna take that back. There are, yeah. Um I, I'm very happy um um to spend time with writers whenever I get the opportunity. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I have. Uh, have you ever had any embarrassing fangirl moments at festivals or anything? Uh, well, only really with my aunt and and the and the the two gin and tonics when I was seventeen. Um, um, no. Um, I, I I I'm not shy, but I haven't. I haven't. I, I, you know. I, usually think they've got other people to talk to um so i i haven't um although my husband when we first time we were at harrogate he actually muscled in and got me a a giveaway copy of uh, lee child's new um book which was fantastic and made the whole of the queue really angry because he said he didn't read you know he didn't read lee child <laughs> um anyway but i was very pleased and i was very excited to go and get it signed by lee child and then i felt a bit mean because obviously it was a free book then i then asked him to go and sign and um uh so that was that was probably slightly embarrassing but yeah i think um i saw kathy wright's um at harrogate last year yeah and um you know we went our pictures of her and stuff and obviously everyone was like oh we love you and stuff and then when i got to the front of you I said, you're the reason that I took a forensics degree. And I think because she's it completely threw her because everyone yeah. was just gushing. And then she was like, oh, and she's like, are you going to continue with it? I said, well, yeah, yeah hopefully. And uh, yeah. she's like, oh, good luck and stuff. And that was oh, lovely. Nice well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I just completely took her by surprise because she wasn't yeah. expecting that. So well, that's, that's probably, I mean, that's probably lovely for her, actually, you know, because um, that's much more meaningful than someone just saying, oh, I think you're great. You know, if you've if you've touched someone enough to make them, you know, consider what to do with their with their career, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice, and uh, and I met Tess Garrison, like the two absolute legends of my yeah. childhood, or like my early yeah. teenage years, reading yeah. their books and stuff. So yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, I, I did a school event the other day down um, in Orpington and I, I really enjoyed that. And that was more, I, I was doing it more as an engineer than as a writer, but it reminded me just what a blast it is. I mean, I couldn't do it every day. I would not, I would not survive as a teacher, but <laughs> just talking to people and, and, and listening to their kind of their ideas of the world. Um, I, I just found it so refreshing and it was a really nice, a really a good chemistry teacher who who invited me down and I, it was a really a really fantastic day um so yeah that made me very happy too yeah um if you're able to travel to any period of time either forwards or backwards where would you like to go mm. oh I wish I'd I wish I'd prepared these um and let me have a little think um so I'm a bit of a 
I'm I'm one of those people who believe that the world has got a lot better. So as a woman, I do not like the idea of childbirth without pain relief or without potential of medical intervention. Um, I don't like the idea of dying from an infection because I've got a cut. So I'm very keen on antibiotics. So I think unless I could stay in a plastic bubble, I'm probably too much of a coward to go backwards in time. So I think I should go into the future. Um, I think it would be pretty interesting to wind forward and see uh, what's happened, you know, what we've done with the planet in um, uh, maybe maybe 100 years is too short, maybe, maybe 250 years in the future. I think that would be very interesting, but I'd like to be able to do it and take pictures and come back. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I think that, uh, and and uh, I'm I don't fancy space travel that much. Um, I don't like the idea of being put in stasis and and you know in a coma. But if if you can just send me to another planet, so if I can go into the future to the first exoplanet that we managed to settle and um, um, build a civilization on, I'd quite fancy going there as well, as long as I can come back. Yeah, it's only a flying visit, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deal. Yeah, <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> um, who is your first celebrity crush? Oh, um, Engelbert Humperdinck. That shows you how old I am. I still remember vividly. My parents were out um, and I I must have been early teens and I was watching the telly and he came on. And I think, I th- I, well, maybe I was, maybe I was only 11. Anyway, it was my first, my first moment of puberty when I just, I, I fell head over heels in love with Engelbert Humperdinck. And I remember my mum being kind of worried about my obsession because it really, you know, it really got quite <laughs> obsessive. And she told me that he probably wore a wig. And if we got married on our wedding night, he'd take his, he'd take his hair off and he wouldn't look so good then. And she claimed that his hairy chest was a wig too. <laughs> and um I was I was I was pretty much devastated after that. So um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely Engelbert. Um those uh, nearest and dearest to you, what would they say your most annoying habits are? Humming. Um apparently I hum all the time. I'm not aware of it. Um uh but yes, and, and according to my husband it's completely tuneless. I'm convinced that if I do hum, which I'm I might be contesting that I sing beautifully and 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 it should be perfectly recognizable what it is that I'm singing but apparently I just um make a buzzing noise a lot of the time so I think that's probably my number one annoying habit <laughs> yeah I could see how that would be <laughs> the other one is changing plans I'm not I'm not a creature of routine um and I you know if we're going from A to B and I see a sign to C along the way I say hey, oh let's go to C and that also drives my my family bananas because they want to do one thing at a time and do what what is on the plan. But being spontaneous is great yeah. fun. You have much I agree. more fun. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like setting up book festivals. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. Brighton was brilliant fun. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but now I've set myself something that I'm not sure I could ever stop. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when my when my young when my eldest son was very little, um, he started walking very early, um, and he had a fairly tiny body and a huge head, and the way he walked was kind of by just sort of pointing his head forwards and then letting his little legs 
kind of catch up. <laughs> and I've I've always thought that is that is the best way in life. You know, you just you just put yourself in a situation where you know you've got no way out. You just got to do it, and then uh, you stop worrying about whether you can or not. It's just a kind of you know just get on with it. So yeah. I'm not sure I really remember much about Brighton. It was kind of such a blur. That <laughs> I remember it being great, but I it was don't a beautiful thought... day. Absolutely beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and a nice view from the room. And yeah. and if I went to something with um, Victoria Selman, and even their people were saying about what a lovely time they had, and that was mm, that's so that was very really very nice. friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you. So, would you just like to remind us? Uh, or show us your book again and yes, what's coming next for you so uh yeah so the chemical code out on the 29th of june and uh it's basically it's a little bit more first person than the previous books and jack is out for revenge somebody has taken something very dear to her away from her and um she is uh, she stopped being reasonable she's on a on a mission um and then what's next? Well, I, I'm just exploring a little bit of speculative fiction at the moment, just writing something completely different. And that's that's very, that's very, that's a lot of fun. Um, awesome. Yeah. So that's about it, really. Fantastic. Well, would you like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you if they wish and where they can buy your books from? Indeed. So um, books are available for all good bookshops um, and online from bookshop org or the the other one um the biggest river in uh, in brazil <laughs> yeah um and uh drake the bookshop in stockton um will happily um post them out to you um and my website is thechemicaldetective.com www.thechemicaldetective.com and i'm on twitter at erskine underscore fiona Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. It's been lots of fun. Thank you, Donna. It's been lovely to talk to you.